Come Army, bro. You made it here. Welcome. This is the show that I created, and this is the intro. I'll tell you a little bit about the show. I'm Tony. Jose Antonio Furpy. I, I said that in my trailer. You probably already heard that. This is the start of the show when I kind of give you a little explanation about what's going to come. So I'll say it very quickly because I only have a little bit of time. This is a show about artists. Come on, me, bro. Come on, me, bro. Come on, me, bro. Sounds good, man. Sounds very podcasting. Sounds legit. I've been listening to so many different podcasts to try to see what like sounds like. I've heard some really bad ones, and I've heard some really good ones, and I'm trying to be in the line between corporate and like. Fun, like Ashley Kutcher is going to come out and like throw an egg in your face or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't get that. <laughs> no, okay, okay. I, 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 I thought I kind of had like a, like a, like a, you know, uh, one of the, one of those um, parody shows, you know, I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds very fitting, man. It's really right, dope. Cool. It sounds good. Cool. Thanks for joining me, dude. I, I, I really, really wanted to get you on the podcast. And this is actually the first, the first recording of Come Art Me, Bro. And, and welcome to the, to the podcast, my friend. A lot of applause for the homie, the homie Tony. Big moves. We did it. One. We did it, dog. Our, our, your beard got bigger and my hair got longer. <laughs> yeah, fucking hair got thinner. Yeah, look at that. You can't see it, audience, but Carlos has a bald, just straight bald head. He probably shaved it for this interview. The interview you had earlier, he just shaved it because it's just normal shaving. Yeah. My hair's migrated south. <laughs> it's okay. I'm trying to put it back, and you're trying to put a cap on, bro. It's all right. We'll, make, we'll both make it look pretty with it with with a nice hat on. You got you got that. Uh, you got a like pro, post production, right? You do that on your podcast. You do totally like- <laughs> not, not, not at all. Everything we do now, Hollywood <laughs> effects. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I'm still working on the fact that whether I'm going to have these like little you know sound effects that I put in. I for some reason I want to embrace the things that people aren't doing. You know, mm-hmm. and and for the podcast, it's been a very daunting thought to try to figure this all out. But I'm I'm glad you could join me today, bro. Cool, man. Happy to hear you. Happy I, to be. Here. I I definitely want to make sure that we're staying on task because I know that we we can go off topic, but it's mostly going to be me going off topic. You can usually stay on topic, and you can have a you usually have a better a better way of sticking to that. So, but you know me, dude. I I sometimes ramble, and and I I. Just to let you know that that might happen, and we'll, we'll try to bring it back. Hey, man, I like rabbit holes. We can just fucking take a walk wherever we want, man. Oh, yeah. And you can <laughs> curse on this podcast. This is an explicit podcast. Hey, this and dude, curse. like you, you're embracing it. I really appreciate it. I, 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 I'm going to try to not speak in my radio DJ voice because... And you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. Don't as, do as, as we start pressing record, I feel like I have to, like... And this is uh, Carlos Solano up next in uh, Miami, Florida. What do you think, Carlos? Casey Kasem. No, that's 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 what I feel like I have to do every single. You know how long it took me to just start recording and just kind of feel like I'm talking normal. Um, nah, man, we we homies, brothers. Just, just uh, if you if you're talking funny, I'm gonna call you out. So don't do that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So we've known each other for a couple of years now. Um, we, we met in South Florida. Uh, Carlos and I are um, artists in, in Miami, in South Florida, the, the general um, Florida area that you can typically find a lot of Hispanic people, a beach. I'm going to over explain because of the podcast. <laughs> Got it. But we know each other from being in Miami, dude. Like, like I met yeah. you through other mutual artist friends, which... It's a huge, huge community here of artists to know each other, kick it with each other, and kind of, you know, just have mutual friendships of of, of talent. Yeah. yeah I Can think we tell- met at Basel. Right? Wasn't it Basel? We were, like, watching by the Meeting of Styles or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Art Basel, so for those who don't know, and I have to always remember that since a lot of people don't know any of these terms or where we come from, and it's very foreign to a lot of people, I have to, I have to explain a lot of stuff. So first, um, Art Basel is one of the biggest art shows in South Florida that comes down to Miami every year in the first week of December. Um, artists from around the world, um, around everywhere come to just 
congregate, paint, um, partake with other artists. At least that's on the artist side. That That's one of the things that I love about Art Basel. I'll just let fellow artists and friends Ruben Hubiera explain what Art Basel is. Art Basel is actually a convention of galleries and galleries that choose their best artists to show their work. While that, there's a lot of satellite fairs with a lot of different artists that enjoy the Basel presence. So you gotta know if you wanna see the classics and modern contemporary art that is going on in galleries in the Basel show, or if you wanna see the side galleries and the side shows where there's a lot of other raw talent that is happening, taking advantage of everything that's happening here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely around that time. And uh, I definitely wanted to have you on the show because one of the biggest things that, that dude, I, I love about your work and about you just as a person, because definitely uh, we're definitely friends and not just like, uh, you know, we work together, we do some art stuff together. I definitely consider you one of my closest friends. And and somebody I can actually speak to. So um, res much respect for for being in my small circle of like people that I actually like <laughs> trust, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I operate the same way, man, and uh, I feel the same about you, man. You've you've been very uh, you know, honest and forward from the from the get, and like you're very genuine. And I'm I want to say that that's like one of my superpowers. Is I can call people out on their bullshit, like yeah. off rip. Like I can be like, all right, this guy's not genuine or whatever. And with you, I felt like it was almost like a homie that you've known for, for a long time. And we just kind of like hit it off. We were homies off rip. So. Oh, definitely. Great, great partnerships. So you're part of my little circle as well, man. Cheers to that, bro. You know, small circles Cheers. and big dreams. So we, we met in a way that, um, like a lot of artists meet in South Florida, we met being on the street, be, uh, um, um, you know, people either introducing us through fellow artists, um, I, I know that it was, it's a very easy thing in South Florida going back to Art Basel, um, and meeting artists because it's just such an easy thing to just be on the street, just walking up to somebody and saying, what's up, or like being with a group of artists, like we would know, you know, uh, to be able to just barbecue together outside, kick it and, and just, you know, partake of watching other artists, friends paint. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I think that was like two years ago. Yeah, I want to say maybe like two, three years ago. Yeah, I want to say maybe like three years ago because we we worked on our collection for about a year. Yeah, so I would say maybe like three. And then you dropped you dropped another uh, smaller collection that we did with the. It might have been longer than that, man. It yeah, been yeah. Like four, maybe. But, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three and a half to four years. But that's how good the relationship is. You can't remember, like it's like right, yeah, right. man. We've been for forever, man. One of the things that that I I love about going back to Art Basel is that. And it's Art Basel, not Basel, because sometimes it slips in my head. It slips so much because I actually, when I'm cooking now, I say Basel for Basel. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to Art Basel, Miami is one of the biggest art shows, one of the in the in the world. I mean, it originated from France, Art Basel in France. I forget where, but Cannes, Cannes, I think. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But one of the largest art shows of of the year comes to South Florida and it's and it's one of the best times I think that that I love to go down to Miami pre-pandemic right because you, I would just get dropped off with an Uber or something like that because you never drive there's never parking over there mm -hmm. and all the artists come the first week and you know that it's the best time to kind of go down there or, or be there because you don't have the crowds of people hanging out and, and walking around and, and kind of talking to everybody that you want to talk to yeah you know? it's also the one of the only opportunities where you can like get all your artist homies in one place you know and so many of us are like you know working on different projects or buried in the studio and like it was just one one moment in time of the year where you can kind of like yo we out here say what's up even if it's like a quick five minutes with somebody just, you know give them their props and catch up for a bit it's kind of like the the meet and greet for artists before the craziness happens Right. Our Basel is really more for us than it is for <laughs> than it is for like the public. I think it feels like the first part of the week, it's like the first two days, three days. It's like you haven't worked that much or done all the work stuff. It's more like setting up for the weekend coming up. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, what what what's the difference between now and before the pandemic? As, as far as like what you what was your normal work week? for before the pandemic because i know you're doing a lot of live art painting you were doing a lot of murals um a lot of things that involved people around you know what i'm saying 
Um, I know the pandemic kind of has to has has put a stop to a lot of those things. And I, I didn't even go to Art Basel last year. So yeah. this year, how do you feel now? What What's changed since all that started? Yeah, well, everything's changed, man. Honestly, like uh, I lost my job to the pandemic. So before the schedule was, you know, nine to five during the day and then, you know, hustle for the passion on after hours. Right. So last year I lost my job. Um and it, it put me in a situation where, like, you know, people say, you know, do you jump and take the risk, right? Jump off the cliff and take the risk to follow your dreams. Like, uh, I kind of got kicked off the ledge, right? <laughs> I was at the, you know, I was at the, at, the edge of the, uh, at the edge of the cliff for a long time, considering whether to do this art stuff full time or not. And then um, right. COVID came and kicked me right in the ass and, and I made the jump, became full-time artist. And, um, um so I'm going to say a lot of great things has come from it. I mean, it's my focus is now solely on, on my art and, and my direction and my pursuing this dream that I have. And it's just been, you know, before where it was just kind of like painting live and painting a mural and painting some shit on the side. Now it's like, all right, now I got to make merchandise. Now I got to, you know, reconnect with my partners like yourself. Right. Um, see, you know, take advantage of my network and just kind of like really build and, 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 and operate as a business. I mean, now C Solano is a brand. It's, it is a business. Almost definitely. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's changed, it's changed things for the better for sure. And, uh, you know, I have the steering wheel in my hands now. I don't have to fucking do yearly meetings and, and quarterly meetings. I have to sit with a room with somebody to see if I'm worth the, the 50 cent raise and all this bullshit. No, it's yeah. all on my head too. And like, you know, so I'm I'm thankful for for COVID to happen. You know, I, I know this horrible shit that's come with it. You know, I lost my mother to it. Yeah, man, but, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's so cool, man. But um, it, it put me in a different mindset where, like, you know, I have these talents, I have this gift, and and it's time to like stop pussyfooting with it and just kind of like make it happen. And 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 throughout the years of having the support of people like yourself and in a small circle and people back home, like. You guys have been the driving force to like keep me focused, keep me on a path. I mean, like showing, you know, I'm sure you're the same way. When you kind of just beat yourself after a while, you're like, man, this is the fuck am I doing? Where am I going? Or, this is know, exactly having... why I started this podcast now. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, I was kind of at a uh, at a stale point that I feel like I you kind of have to pivot a little bit at some point to kind of like like what you're saying. You know, change change what you're doing in the scenario of, you know, whether it's a hard scenario or an easy scenario, sometimes it's just kind of changing uh, what you're doing. And then you have a whole nother opportunity out there that happens sometimes that you never even would have thought about, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but so, I think, I think you, you have that work ethic. You, you definitely have a um, put the work in, you know, um, no bullshit. You know, you, 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 you put time into your art that, you know, like when we met, I told you one of the, one of the things that I noticed about what you do in your art is the consistency of what your style is. And I love your style, dude. I, I love that colorful, hard line. You know, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of like seeing like a portrait in like a like an older, I could be in Santo Domingo or something. And you could just see like some older portrait of like some some old artist that would paint something that has like a, a, a different version of what your brain sees that you would mm. never think about having in that way. And, and, mm -hmm. it, and it reminds me of kind of a split between the old school graffiti artists, a New York style graffiti and a, I don't know. I, I told you, you kind of have this Afro, I don't know, way of, uh, there's, there's an artist that I love um, and, 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 and it sucks that I forgot his name, but and his, his work had been in a lot of targets bought. And, and I say this in a way that like, I, I'm not saying this, like your, your, your work looks like target art, but the art that I, that, that, let me, let me back this up a little bit. Tony, watch your words, <laughs> watch your words. Tony. Your art. <laughs> I got, I got food from an ice cream man the other day and I saw some, <laughs> no, I, I, you have a very God. distinct style that I can tell like who it is right away. Like uh, you, you did a, a package for uh, what, Argozi uh, coffee. Uh, for Argyle. Argyle coffee that's always i see it in my head that's how it's that's how it's like written out um, the, the pack i didn't even know that it was you attached to the pack that you designed but carlos did a 
uh, pack design for a coffee company, Argyle in Miami. They're in South Florida. Yeah, you can check it out. Go on his page. They're definitely going to see it on on his Instagram, which I'll, I'll link at the end of all this. But right away, I saw it without even Carlos knowing me knowing that Carlos did this, and I saw this pack, and I was like, "Dude, that's Carlos!" And I, and I right <laughs> away, I didn't even click on like the the artist to see who did it. I just started typing, "Yo, Carlos!" Like you know, tag you on Instagram. I don't even. It could. It didn't even have to be your work, and I could just randomly, you know, type in your name. Yo, bro, this is awesome, and be like, "This is not me, bro." Like, but no, you can tell right away, man. Like you, your your style was already very um, distinct when we met, and now I think that you you've been getting into more um, abstract. You've been getting into a lot more different types of um, putting what you typically do. You have a lot of frames of reference, like. Excuse me, like inanimate objects that you like to paint that speak larger than words sometimes. You know, right now I'm looking at you with your with your work and it says hard work and it's just a single pencil. And it's it's a number two pencil nubbed all the way down to the end almost of like putting in that work. You could tell that that's your style. You have a even with the little uh, the lines that you do, the the yeah. the, the highlights. That is Carlos Solano style. So what is it to you to, to have a certain style? Like what did it mean to you to get like you did, and obviously you plan to try to you know maintain a, a consistency in what you're doing, but did that come from just kind of doing what you do and it turned into that? Or did you see what you wanted to do and go, I really no. want to emphasize on this? Nah, basically this this was all like, you know, if, if I really wanted to break it down, I can like say that this this style took almost 12 11 almost like 10 11 years to like develop and it's and it's something that i that happened organically um i just you know i started with one style and i did something else and i and i just started like taking pieces from whether it be artists that i like or or things that i've run into mistakes and over time these things just kind of built built up right the way i lay paint the way i lay my lines and um, my my goal, once I realized that I was kind of finding my style, my goal was to make sure that I brand the style, like this becomes mine and I own the style. Because, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of artists that do like one thing, like whether it be, you know, Atomic and his orange or Aho with his, you know, his eye. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of artists that are capable of doing that. But for me, having a style that I can touch many genres with and many different stories and, and, and I can make it corporate, I can make it personal, I can make it abstract, I can make it cartoony, I can, you know, I can push and pull it in so many different directions that I felt that that was most important for me. And and luckily I had a job, man. I had a job that paid me well, that allowed me to, you know, fuck around and, and play and do all these art, you know, live art paintings and, and all yeah. these different events and meet all these people. Which Carlos, you know, Carlos was a creative director at um, New Era. Yeah, and it was graphic designer. Like graphic designer. Yeah. I mean, you were and, you were leading projects and and basically getting the the look and feel of what those hats would inevitably look like. I was in charge of the the mostly the look of the men's clothing line. Cool. So you know, I kind of focused on that, and and you know, that shit paid the bills, man. Did that, did, that, did that go into any of your art having the you know, a uh, vector art type style that can be kind of compartmentalized into something that can be translated into, into embroidery. Cause you, you, you're always a hard line outline person. If you look mm -hmm. at Carlos's art, he always has, if for the most part, something of a hard line to finish, Yeah. Um, whether it's a darker color of a contrast, but there definitely has that standout to say, uh, which reminds me a lot of like the old school character art from like New York, you know, like, Old sure. school character art, which which is probably one of the reasons why I I love what you do and like your style is because it has that mix between urban and cultural. Yeah, yeah. And even back in the days, like there were some graffiti artists, at least for me growing up, like you know they would write their name, but sometimes they would write some other shit, like they would write their kid's name or their or their girl's name or whatever. But it was their line work was so specific to what they did that you're like, all right, that's this dude. Or that's this chick, and just solely based on the use of color 
and you know the way they lay their lines and maybe certain angles that they take or whatever so like that that to me was always kind of like a part of of i don't know i've always picked that out of things like musicians that play a certain way um you know whether it be people who you know create art a certain way and there's something very particular about things that attract my eye whether it be you know whatever the fuck it is but so i, I was always i was always kind of wanting to find that for myself because that's it it, it was going to be mine and like and I wanted it to be mine, and I found, and I'm luckily I found it, man. I found this style, the way I use paint, the way I kind of let things happen on it organically, and yeah. and it's a mixture of very loose, you know, brush strokes, and then tightening it up with some line work, or you know, so it's it's something that that I feel now belongs to me, and it's not easily replicated because it's part of you know just part of who I am and my 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 hand, how my hand works, whatever. It's very uh, distinct, dude. Like you can you can yeah, tell man, that you I mean, spent time on it. Yeah, dude, and I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. And, and I, you know, it's just one of those things along the line. You just pick up things and then you meet people. Like, I remember I, remember I did a, me and, me and my homie Serge, we always talk about this. I did a show, and that was the day that I met Serge. Um, I did He's a talking show about a um, uh, mutual artist friend of ours named Il Serge yeah. on, I, I have to explain this, I know people can't, they're not going to be able yeah, to. Yeah. to. Il Serge, one of the, one of the, one of the, the, the Miami, uh, uh, old school homies that he's he's an awesome guy yeah man he's a dude he's the he's the homie and um so i did this show at concrete beach with, with yo miami yeah. you know he was curating the space and um i came in with like 10 pieces but they were all different man i had like a realistic tiger i had like these little cartoon bubbles i used to do right. and i had like these pencil drawings and shit and i remember serge was like yo these artists are crazy they go all these, all, you know, look at all these artists. And I was like, nah, that's all me. He goes, <laughs> you did all of these? And I was like, yeah. He goes, damn, that's really impressive. But you need to find one thing that's yours. And I'll never forget that day. From that day forward, that was kind of like the, the real, like, pursuit to, like, I, right, you know. Now I remember how we met. We met at, and not to cut you off on your story, because I want to get back to what you're saying to keep that, keep that uh, you know, bookmark um we met at the uh oh uh, serge used to do this pad drawing thing he used to have at the oh, uh, yes. ice cream party the fucking thirsty thursdays book, book sketch something it was a book it was a, it was uh, basically he invited a lot of he invited all his friends on the tip of my tongue but if i if i keep thinking about it, i'm just gonna have a lot of dead space sketchy, so. sketchy nights sketchy nights yes 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 Bill yes. Surge had sketchy nights, and what he used to do in Miami was have a bunch of his art friends come that drew and, and that did graffiti from different ways, you know, uh, calligraphy, and they all used to bring in, you know, drawing books and, and, and yeah, sketchbooks. Classic and, black book, you know. Right, and so everybody would kind of all just kick it and, and, and have drinks and, you know, whatever, and... And at, when they're done drawing in each other's book, they'd give it to the next artist and they'd switch it. So you would draw in somebody else's, you know, art pad and kind of mm -hmm. have that little moment of like, yo, Carlos drew my book. Serge yeah. drew my book. Yeah. Uh, Golden was there. Uh, um, uh, Aqua, uh, Aqualeta, uh, she was there. A lot of people like what I met a lot of people do that. So many dope artists were there, man. I can't believe I, I was kind of geeking out at one point, just collecting shit. Like, <laughs> well, you do have to like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a big fanboy type thing. Like, I'm not a big like, like I do geek out. Like, I know who the people are when I meet them. Mm -hmm. I try not to be like, ah, oh, bro, like you know, like all like, like that. Well, I mean, but I mean, you know who the I mean, hard hitters are when you meet them in South Florida through other people, man. Like, you know. That's like for me, like I was geeking out on just like having some of their art. Like I'm a I'm a big fan of collecting my homies' artwork. Like you know, I, I like collecting artwork. But for me, like the first people I want to have in my collection are my homies, and that was kind of like the first like shot at it. Like you know, from, right, you know, right. Drawing my sketchbook or whatever. So I was like, All right, I got I got Jay, I got you know Golden and Serge, and I'm, and like you know, it was kind of like mix. the first thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's a really cool vibe because like. You know, I think one of the biggest things that a lot of people that are on the outside of artists, you know, ask me is how do you how do you go and meet people, man? Like, how are you knowing these? How do you know Carlos Solano? How do you know 
whoever the hell is out there. And I go, dude, I just, or, or whoever I'm talking about doesn't have to be dude, but you know, person, I just go and then I show up and I just talk. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I just go You're and good at that shit, man. You're good at that shit because for me to get out to, to an event or something, it's, man, I'm having like team meetings at home. Like, all right, man. <laughs> it's just like me and all my personalities huddled in together. Like, all right, man, you want to do this? And like my anxiety is like, I don't know, man. I don't feel <laughs> well, and that brings me to a good point. That brings me to a good point. I think, you know, come on me, bro. The whole premise i think of this show is to kind of get into your head a little bit you know get into not just the typical what's your inspirations man like not that but like what yeah, sure. i think personally right and this is kind of a blanket statement that i've i've found i think that most artists let me let me just say it like this i think i'm an insecure person right a little part of me is very insecure about certain things i've got t- two tonys right i got the tony that goes to a party <laughs> That can talk like up. Tony, Tony, Tony. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I got, I got the first Tony that goes to the, to the, to the, you know, to the art show, says what's up to everybody, chats it up, has drinks, you know, makes jokes, ha 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 ha, you know, like people remember, yo, what's up, like I, all that stuff. I go there and have a great time, and then I go home and I just like, yeah. right, fall out, and I don't want to talk to anybody for like a week, two weeks. There's the Tony of, I never want to see a face. I don't even want to answer a phone call. I will not answer phone calls. I mean, I'll answer your phone call because you're part of my circle. But people mm-hmm. calling me and just like, uh, uh, I don't want to hear anybody. I want to go to any place. I don't want to chat it up with anybody. That's that different side of that, what, what we have to go through sometimes. And then there's the, I just want to be in my house curled up and watch TV for three weeks. I don't want to, uh, you know, and then I don't want to create anything. You know, there's the different, you know, personalities that come from being an artist and i think that some of that comes from a little bit of just a little bit of insecurity and i think that what i'm asking you is what part of do you you consider yourself as an artist to have insecurities oh dude my god so many so many like i'm not i didn't grow up as like the the life of the party so like for me as an artist like i'm 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 an introvert i mean i'm I'm not. Uh, I'm not very comfortable around big crowds. I, I keep my circle small. Which you usually are around big crowds. You usually like. I usually am, enough, but, you, know, you know what I mean. Part of it is for work. I mean, part right. of it is for you know. If you were to ask me, like, oh, you want to go kick it with Tony over some tacos and a beard, or I want to stand in front of a hundred people in pain, I'd probably want to go kick it and get a beer and some tacos with Tony. But um, you know, it's just uh, as an artist, you you for me. Speaking for myself, you know, there's always those battles, man. There's always that, um, you know, am I good enough? Am I, am I, you know, am I out enough? Am I showing myself enough? Am I giving myself a, a fair shot? Or am I, you know, am I in the studio? So yeah, that that that's definitely one of the Solanos is is that insecure dude. And then I, I have a very confident Solano when like I'm in the midst of a project, or I'm on stage painting, or you know, in interacting it. with crowds, and you know, I'm on it, man. I'm like because I believe I've put in the work behind my, my, right, my style right. and my talent that like, uh, you know, you, you can follow Michael Jordan and you know, he's going to hit those buckets at the free throw line. Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, that's, I'm very confident in, in terms of executing and delivering products. So like there's that confidence in Solano. And then there's Carlos Solano, who's, you know, just about his family. Like I enjoy, I love my wife and I love my kids. And, and I, I, I literally pass up on opportunities to do things because I want to, I want to be changing diapers. I want to be wrestling around. I want to be, you know, watching Congrats cartoons. On or chilling Congrats with on your new addition too, by the way. Thank you, man. That's Thank you. She's wife. a little Amalia. So yeah, we got two beautiful girls and, and a beautiful wife. And man, and th- these are things that I feel that uh, fulfill a void that I've had for a long time. Like, you yeah. know, I always wanted a certain family dynamic that I, I didn't grow up with. And I'm, I'm I'm fighting so that you know my children have that and, and right. Um, so when yeah, when, when when do you think is when do you think speaking about like children and 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 kind of being that young right? When do you think the first time you felt inspired was like like for me? And just to give an example, what I mean is, I remember the first time I actually remember being inspired was. 
I was in Puerto Rico visiting my grandfather, right? My mom um, and my, my brother. I was like five or six, maybe three. No, no, I, I was like three. My grandfather's house had a beach right in the back. Open up the door and it was like beach. I just remember going out there with my mom holding her hand and looking out into the ocean, just the vast nothing and just going, wow. You know, like, and then remembering... <laughs> I don't know, just later on in life, you like have using that for something like, like feeling inspired by something. You remember your first, like first time that you've ever been like, I want to create something. Oh man. You know what? I can, I can, I can recall like my first drawings in kindergarten. Like I can remote, I can recall me drawing as, as, as young as what my daughter is now. But, um, I don't know if that was like real inspiration. Um, I'm going to say two moments. Um, my, my mother was a seamstress and she, she specialized in doing costumes for plays. Oh, cool. So, um, I went to a private school because my parents didn't want me in the public system, but my mother became a part of the school in terms of like designing costumes for the annual play. And oh, I know how that mom. goes. Yeah. Yeah, that was my mom's hustle, and hey. my mom—that was a way to, for her to keep an eye on me at school. Also, like right. she would get to go to school and, and and measure kids and do all this shit. Right, right. But really, she'll be there to see how her son's doing. Yeah, it was her <laughs> way in too. So, like, yeah. Um, but bro, she worked. She worked day and night. I witnessed my mother sit at a sewing machine for you know thirteen hour days, mm-hmm. and break at night and still get up to make breakfast, mm-hmm. cook dinner, deal with my stubborn ass dad, right. and you know try to make that broken marriage work as best as possible. And, and, you know, so she, she put in effort on so many different fronts that I was inspired without even knowing I was inspired. Now as a grown man, who's an artist and, and has a family, like, you know, I can think back and be like, dude, like if I, did, I have, I have years right. of inspiration that I can think back on. Um, so my mom is definitely, and her work ethic is, is the blueprints of my work ethic. You grew um, up in the Bronx? Yeah, I grew up in the South Bronx. South Bronx, which is not an easy place to grow up in. Nah, man. I'm, I'm a, shit, I grew up in the middle of a crack epidemic, bro. My father used to wake up crackheads and be sleeping under the stairs. And it was a normal thing. Fucking looking through your window. I lived on the first floor, dude. Every once in a while, you had fucking pair of eyes looking through your window. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, that's, uh, that's, that's New York, bro. Like, my... my- yeah. My family, most of my family is from New York, too. And I have some cousins and some uncles in, in the Bronx. I remember um, going to, to, to the Bronx when I was younger and, like, seeing people on the side of the road, like, like homeless people, like, like straight up selling drugs right on the side of the road. And I was like a little kid holding my mom's hand going, what is that? And she's like, <laughs> ah, don't look at that. Don't look at that. And I'm like, <laughs> but the thing is, like, the Bronx had a lot of that shitty stuff. And, like, unfortunately, it's, you know, part of poverty and all that stuff. But, like, I can recall so much. I'm, to be honest with you, 90% of what I paint is memories and stories from my past. Right. And um, there's so much beauty in the, the you know, the com- when you have a community that's not very, uh, you know, weren't very rich or whatever. Everybody worked together, man. Like, there's friends that I, I grew up with, man, that are more important to me than f- people who I'm related through blood, like my actual family so like i've I've had french friends and and friendships that lasted decades i've had friends that are like 35 years friends with me and um right and so many beautiful things about you know how we played sports and how we you know we dodged all the shitty parts of the neighborhood and how we you know we would all sit in front of the building to watch the yankees win the playoff and win the world series and and, you know jimmy rig a tv through somebody's window and and using milk crates yeah, it's like it's like we're watching two two seven. Yeah, man. So it was you know, <laughs> endless nights nice sitting in front of the building, telling stories, you know, watching each other grow and develop into the people we are today. And it's, you know, man, I'm I'm I tell everybody I'm super blessed to have been born in that place. And um, yeah, that's how uh, that's how I feel about South Florida. I'm 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 growing up in in a place called Hialeah, Florida. A lot of people don't know um, a suburb out of Miami. Um, a lot of Hispanics, um, Haitian. I'm Puerto Rican myself. Where, where, where's your national, Natalie? Uh, mother's Puerto Rican and father's Colombian. 
So you, you definitely have the fiery, you got the fiery inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the, <laughs> we got the, the hustle DNA. <laughs> yeah, you know, going to, growing up in South Florida and, and living here in a place that um, has a lot of pressure from uh, social pressure for artists. Um, I think that there's a lot of like art politics to happen here. Um, you know, uh, you and I have had conversations before of, of you know, what the differences from other cities as far as the art scene, um, what do you think is some, do you, do you feel a pressure being Spanish, being in Miami that like that somehow either you're kind of being pushed into more Spanish type work? No, no, I, I, I don't feel pressure. I, I, I feel that I'm, who, I'm who I am. I'm Carlos Solano from the Bronx, New York. I live here and I'm, you know, I'm inspired by where I'm from and, and where I'm at. You know, I'm not, I'm Puerto Rican by, by, you know, I guess heritage, but like, if I go to Puerto Rico, those people ain't claiming me. I don't look or sound like them. I definitely don't sound like a Colombian right. and those people. So like, you know, I'm, uh, I've come to terms, and I, I did this early in, early in life for like, this is who I am. Man. You want to rock with me, you want to fuck with me is because this is who I am. And I'll keep it a hundred with you. You keep it a hundred with me. And then, right. you know, if you into my brand and who I am and what I stand for, then that's what I bring to the table. I'm not in here to do any cultural, you know, deal with any cultural pressures or, or deal with, with uh, you know, pressures of anything. I'm not here to listen to my peers and, and, and try to... I've never been a cool kid, for one. I've never been a cool kid. I've never been the well, one... You're technically was... a cool kid now, bro. You're... you're... Nah, I, I mean, I mean, you're a cool artist in South Florida. You got, like, you know... Well, don't, don't, be, don't be wiggling your neck bro. when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta people look up to you man like i don't know like like you, you know you got the kids looking out to to, to other people well, dude. I, want, I want people to be inspired and look up to me for the work ethic for the, for the values for for the consistency i mean like right. i'm not here to be like look at me i'm cool i'm in the fucking you know fucking driving this i'm driving now nah, i don't give a fuck about the club but um well, I think so that's, man, that's that's one of the reasons why you and I are are, are friends is because and, and that's why I have a lot of respect for you because the small circle of people that I kind of put myself around tend to not have big heads they don't have like they don't have these egos and 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 they're people that I can right away I feel like I click with just naturally like you have a a, a natural like this dude straight up with you and he ain't bullshitting you and you know yeah. and, and you seem hundred percent genuine when you first, you know, have a conversation with you. So that definitely stands out not only in your artwork but in your personality. Appreciate it, man. I try to keep. I try to be like that with everybody. I mean, I try to just give everybody the, the respect they deserve, and um, and I would hope that that this, you know, it's returned to me. But um, I don't know, man. It's just kind of those those values that I've I've picked up early in life. And when it comes to doing work and the you know, getting back to like the pressures, no, nah, man. I'm, I put pressure on myself to develop this style and this look and to develop this mindset. And that's, that's what I bring to the table. So like, if, you know, if people want to rock with me, then, then yep. they know hundred percent what C Solano stands for. And yeah, what, no, here's what you get. And it's not hard to kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you a hundred and you know, there's no pussy for and none of that shit. So like, I don't really pay mind to the pressures. I'm always, I'm always, if anything, I'm always putting pressure on myself to, to be a better person, to be a better father, husband, be a better artist and you, know, you always have fun. a you always have a consistent positive view i think even for your brand it's it's positive energy like literally have a hat that says positive energy on it like like mm -hmm. like something of kind of perpetual happiness and and being positive and not kind of being in that rut even in a way that like it makes me not feel so like down you know what i'm saying like but mm -hmm. like, have see something uh, you you post or something that says stay positive or something and it, and it picks you up it doesn't keep you on that little low and it might not be some you're not taking a happy pill but it definitely mm -hmm. has an outlook on uh, changing people a little bit you know so it's, it's funny you mention that man and i appreciate you bringing that up it's it's uh it's 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 become the the, the driving force for my work like the the bare bones message is you know feel good art Right. Something to make you feel good about, whether it be a nostalgic memory, whether it be, you know, something that reminds you to just kind of like keep your head up and stay cool. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to like verbally say anything, maybe just the use of color and not, you know, me smashing 13 different bright colors together. 
that, that in a different way might make you feel a little bit, you know, better by looking at my work. It's, it's, um, it's something that uh, I feel is needed. Yeah. I feel that I, I didn't get a lot of growing up. I kind of just, I grew up in a lot of gloom and doom. Um, a lot of city, and, a lot of cityscape. Yeah, man. It was just, you know, in my, in my life, I found that, uh, you know, and, and I'm not going to say that this has always been, but like recently I've found out that like the, the, the message of being positive and, and, and keeping your head up and looking like that really didn't come along a lot for me as a, as a young, as a young man. Right. And, um, you know, I think in sports, you know, your coach always say, hey, man, you missed the tackle. Keep your head up. Don't worry about it. Or we lost this one. Keep your head up. But, like, some somebody or someone who was always kind of, like, preaching that was never really around. So, like, I, I started – I started – and I remember this whole started in, like, maybe 2008 and on Facebook where I would just go online and look for positive quotes and, and post it on my Facebook. And just, just wish everybody right. wish everybody a good day. Like and just, you know, just me being me putting that good energy out to to my platform. It definitely yeah. uh it definitely transfers onto other people. I mean, you could definitely you could definitely you, affect somebody by that. So like as as and then back in 2008, this style didn't exist. So it was kind of like, you know, part of the the foundation of this where like you know, eventually it just merged into one story and right. And, it just becomes that man, and, and you know, sometimes I think people think it's corny that I'm like this happy-go-lucky artist, and I'm like I really don't look the part. Like I'm a big dude with a beard, and I got that subway face. <laughs> Most part of my day, like, I look like the dude sitting in the corner of the subway was having a long day at work. Like what, but, dog? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> nah, but, dude, um, you 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 look like you look like you're a very approachable person. I mean, you're you're you've got the good vibe coming from me. It, it ain't corny. It ain't. Time. My wife is like, yo, listen, man, why do you look so angry? I'm like, hey, this, this is just 27 years of riding a subway train. All right. No, I I I find myself um, and this is a question for you that goes to being an artist. It, um, what when is when's the last time? <laughs> this is stuff like like when's the last time you cried during a song? And I ask this oh, in a way because I know that artists have a very emotional, they have a lot of passion. So it, it, it could be either all of a sudden or like regularly, but I know that we get it out somehow. So I, when's the last time you cried during an actual, like hearing a song? Uh, I'm a huge MF Dune fan. Okay. Huge MF yeah. Dune fan. So when I found out he died and they, they released it on New Year's Eve, like, I, I probably shed a tear while I was listening to his, to his catalog, only because he means so much to me as an artist. And um, I had just painted a mural of him. Yeah, like yeah, you two did. Weeks you did. I remember that. Yeah. With mural fest, so I was like, "Damn, man! Like, what the fuck?" Yeah, that um, was right before. Wow, I, I, like you know, you had just painted that, and it kind of yeah. seemed like it was after because of what the the post. But you had done that before. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was so weird, man. And it was like, oh man, I had the opportunity to do something doom related that wasn't like a commission piece for any company or whatever it's just kind of like me doing what i love right and i challenged myself to do like a grayscale piece i was like no what better than doom's mask and then the news came and i was like damn man and like that was genuinely like very sad for me but then there's this time where i listen to music that reminds me of my mother right and like the emotions come up or there's times where like you know me and my best friend back in new york shout out to king daisy um he, we have pretty much the same taste of music. And like, we went to college together. We shared, you know, I was there for the loss of his, you know, his dad. And, and, and we yeah. grew, we grew together a lot as men. So like, there's certain tracks that like bring me back to like, you know, the bond that we have and him not being around. And, and just, you know, what's in the, what's in the I'm sound? I'm emotional man, bro. I ain't gonna fucking lie. I'm an emotional man. I'm I mean, you know, and, and a lot of artists don't seem like they're emotional. With cancers, dude. Like, dude, I know, or just like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a big crying person. Right. It's 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 but but it, it's one of those things that like I have like, uh, you know, a friend of mine died of cancer like when I was like, I don't know, 15. And it was like, I don't know, three years ago. And I was watching like we were watching Super 8, that movie from Steven Spielberg or no, J.J. Uh, Abrams. And it's about kids that make movies and they're like on train tracks and it's a real nostalgic kind of like old school movie. And all of a sudden I'm just like bawling, I'm bawling. I'm sitting there with my, my, my wife is like, you crying? I was like, it's not even a crying part. It's like, 
it just reminded me of my friend that passed away. And it, yeah. it was years, like years going by, right? But those types of things happen to me. But all of a sudden, I'll be I, shoot. I was listening to Rage Against the Machine the other day, and I was like, like I was tearing up a little bit because it was it was like a I don't know about you, but it's the music that sets my uh, tone when I'm creating. So my perfect moment of of music for me is blasting at the top of everything that I can't even hear myself. And I feel like it's quiet. Like that's my putting it so all the way up. You know what I'm saying? Loud rage against the machine type music. And I'm in my zone, but some people can't do that. What's your, what is your quintessential way of creating? Like what, what do you need to create? Oh, that's a good question, man. So I have a little routine when I get to the studio. I have a, I always have like a sage bundle. I always um, so I clearly here, please explain yeah, what sage does if they don't know what, what what that does. You know, there's no there's no I don't know, I guess scientific proof that it works or not, but for me, I feel that it does. So I kind of clear the clear the area with some smoke, light some incense. Uh, I'll put in my you know one of my favorite tracks that I'm listening to, and then um, and then I'll I'll, I'll just kind of have a moment to like. Just collect my thoughts, right? And then give my, you know, <clears throat> set my intentions for that day. For the, you know, I hate, I hate to go to whether it be the gym or or whatever and not have like a plan or, or intention. Right. So for me, like I want to sit down and just kind of like do my to do list, set my intentions for the day, get my focus right, and then and then um, just kind of follow through. And then shit changes. And sometimes I'll be like, oh man, I should have done this and you know, the things will change. But for the most part, I'll come in, I'll clear the air, I'll kind of get the, the energy right, get the get the music playing and to get my mind right. You know? Well, and, and I, I, I know you're a night owl too. You typically stay up a little later than tip, most people. I know a lot of art friends of mine stay up, you know, like like Ruben Ubiera, he's, he, he'll paint prime time at like 10 to I like do, 6 man. a.m. And that's his crazy. like golden hour, like, like being around artists that like to stay up till the crack of dawn. I think I know a lot more artists that do that. Unless you have to get up in the morning, obviously you take the kids to, to whatever you're doing and it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, you know, I'm talking shit, but if I didn't have kids, I'd totally be on that plan too because that's 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 always been the plan for me since like far back as I can remember. Stay up you know, till back, what time? Bro, forget about it. They used to, the sun comes up. 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, like take a nap and wake up and go do the whole shit all over again. I remember, it's funny, like now that I mentioned my best friend not too long ago, we we studied 3D animation and we had overnight privileges at the at the computer lab. Oh, so you can go at it so, whatever time. Bro, my, my mother's work ethic would kick in and he has the same work ethic. We'd be just fucking play, 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 five, six in the morning, blasting Jay Dilla, blasting yeah. Doom. And and then we'd curl up into our little sleeping bags and sleep under our tables for like a two-hour nap and then be up for eight o'clock. So like that that's always been part of the thing. Now, you know, I got to be responsible. I got kids. Right. You, you know, can't stay up till the crack of dawn. And yeah, I can't be a fucking slug half of the day. And have to yeah, because I, I go to bed typically around 536 in the morning. Right. And my wife, she stays up till like we watch TV. Like well, there's a point in the day that we come together and like we watch television together after she gets off of work, like around eight o'clock in the evening. And then it kind of like starts my prime time because she'll go to bed like around 10. And I'm like, that's my I'm, I'm starting to work now and I'm sitting in the mm-hmm. office and I'm starting to work and I'll stay up. So I know that that's kind of a most of, most of the art friends that I have, they have that type of work ethic. Like they'll they will they will bust ass as much as they need to. I mean, I, I know you've been put through so many ringers painting that, you know, uh, uh, heat, uh, you know, uh, sick, uh, doing different things that you need to get a job done. And in a way that I think artists have to also be creative and figure things out while they're going through this like thing that they're, that they're going through. So I really appreciate artists that have a work ethic like you do. So what, what do you think, what do you think a, what do you think keeps you at that? What, what, what do you think? Is it just the, the, the hustle in you from the way you were brought up or um, has that turned into something from from back in the day like like where do you get that from i mean again watching my mom fucking do what she did 
for the sake of me, like that's that's one that's always going to be in me. But I don't know. I believe I believe I got a, a you know something special that I can share with the world. And and why 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 put that to waste? I mean, why lose that? So like, you know, I'm going to use everything in my power to keep it going, to keep it moving. And, and you know, I I re I rely a lot on my support system, you know, right. you and my other close friends who are always, always there to pick me up and to always like, you know, you guys always show up when I, when I don't want to do shit. I mean, sometimes right. I'm like in this slump and I can't, and you know, either surges like, yo, you want a life pain or, or you hit me up like, Hey man, what's going on? I saw yeah. this. Or, it might be even just a comment and that'll get the juices flowing. And, right. and you know, it's it's a lot of things, man. It's just having that 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 good energy internally and externally that kind of keeps me doing what I do. And I love this, man. I love, it. bro. I would stay up to the crack of dawn for no reason. I wasn't selling any paintings. I wasn't making any prints. I was just fucking showing up to nowhere with a fucking eye hanging off my face, like just because I wanted to stay up and, and create and just figure no it out. purpose, no no end goal. I just wanted to create, and you know, for for going back to why artists stay up so late usually is because, you know, the chances of you being taken out of that zone are less three o'clock in the morning and four o'clock, you know, it's just you in the right. world, right? It's I mean, total quiet for me. Yeah. When, when nobody's yeah. around, I could just like, no worry. You know, there's no interruptions or whatever. And I, that, that takes me back to being like a teenager or a young man in New York, where I would love to leave my apartment like two in the morning and just walk around mm -hmm. because it was just fucking. New York's great for that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I would just get, you know, get my thoughts together and I would just enjoy being alone in such a big place. But um, yeah, it's inspiration comes from everywhere, man. And that hustle, the, 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 the want is in me already. It's just the feel comes from my circle, my friends, my family, my, you know, people around me. And, and it's just a balance. I mean, it's just, yeah. What's the worst? No, no rhyme or reason, man. I just love doing what I do. What's the worst part of being an artist? It's, uh, man. Speak freely now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to come up with a really nice story. <laughs> no, for me, the, the, hard, the hardest part of being an artist was like finding who you are as an artist. Like, Right. That that those years of uncertainty of like what the fuck am I gonna do? Where am I gonna go? Why am I doing this? Why am I not doing this? For me, like that moment of clarity came through when I found my style, and like I was able to apply that style to different, whichever way I wanted to, right? Like then I was like, oh wait, this is this is my language. So you're saying that you don't have any issues with being an artist now? Oh no, of course, man. Like, what do you not I'm like now? Was what? What do you not like now in the art in the art world now, right now? You know, am I am I working enough? Am I doing enough? Am I you know? Am I providing enough? You know, I have mouths to feed, so it's like, you know, it's not about being cool and looking good on social. I gotta be able to fucking pay bills and, and, and right. do. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm a super successful artist, but I'm living off my talents a hundred percent. Working artist, yeah. Yeah, I'm making do as best as I can. Some months are good, some months are bad. But um, yeah, it's the scary part is to not not lose the focus and the fuel because there's people relying on me. And um, you know, that's the scariest part where, you know, my wife is not an artist. She's a psychotherapist. And we're very different. Oh wow. We're that's, very different. It's different at the dinner table when you go sit down and you're like, Are you psychoanalyzing me? We're different. No, I mean, <laughs> sometimes I'm different. Are you fucking with my head? <laughs> but you know, it's also I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta educate her on this life that I'm living, and let yeah. her know that you know it's it's not an easy thing for a spouse. It's not like, easy. yeah, it's not, not easy. easy. Yeah, uh, having a conversation with an artist, it's totally a very different, very different thing than a yes. normal, you know. But so you there's, there's challenges, man. There's challenges. There's times where, I, you know, because I'm I'm the main, you know, I, I take care of my kids during the day and I work at night. Like one of the biggest challenges is missing opportunities because I'm, you know, being a dad. Right. Working with partners who are willing to work around my schedule. So yeah, there's there's different ways of being scared at this. Is just again, I think is the the work ethic and that positive mindset that just kind of yeah makes me look past that and then find a way to work with it. What's the uh, what's the perfect day? 
Oh, the perfect day for me would be to wake up, take my kids. Well, well, perfect day at the moment or perfect day if I had to choose? Perfect day if you had to choose. All right. Perfect day would be uh, breakfast with the family, deposit the kids at school or whatever daycare. Wife goes to work and then I do my eight to 10 hours at the studio, growing and building and then coming back home to the family and enjoying my kids and dinner and and that sounds like a good day, bro. Sounds like a really good day. I do, man. Sounds like a perfect day, actually. And um, yeah, man. All right, last question. What's last that? question, and we'll be done. If you could have, if you could have a fist fight with any artist, like dead or alive. I know you're not. You're not a violent person. Unless mm, I'll fuck somebody up. <laughs> I say you're not unless unless. <laughs> when he pushes but if you can totally hypothetical they don't even have to be a they could be a fictional character too okay i'll put it out there too like because this is still a developing last question for my show if you could have a fist fight with any artist or anybody how about this if fist fight with anybody in history who would it be anybody in history who would it be bare knuckle fight no gloves Dang. There's two people. Uh-huh. One is the owner of the Knicks. <laughs> Fucking his ass up. God damn. Why can't we just have a good team and a good free damn franchise? Sorry, that's just me being a No, that's an me. answer. That's an answer. It's a good answer. Every answer is correct. There ain't no wrong answer. Fucking that dude up. <laughs> um, and who would I want to fight? Oh, man. Damn, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of an artist, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm anybody. name anybody who's living because you know how it is. Um, I mean, it could be Gandhi. I mean, I'll go back to Fight Club, the movie Fight Club. <laughs> perfect fight, Gandhi. You know, I don't know who, like, who. If you could just be like Donald Duck, boom, and then just be like, go. Jake, I'm just joking. You get popular enough, you might get. I don't even want to say his name on this show. I'm gonna edit that out later. Um. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's a good question, man. Who would I scrap with? I would say Warhol. Warhol. I never really liked this shit. I was just just like, I I get it. You know, I get the importance of his work after I educated myself about it. I'll punch that motherfucker in his (laughs) mouth. That's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. He never rung my bell. Okay. Okay. Uh, But you would ring his bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that wig TC was wearing, that funny haircut that he had, pop that shit on. And uh, and, and and you know the, the fair answer. No, that's a good answer. For, uh, uh, Carlos would have a fight, a fist fight with Andy Warhol. Now or then? Would like would it be in the eighties or would it be in like like in South Beach <laughs> for it, Art Basel? It's like... have to be in the eighties or the seventies. I'd get canceled for punching that dude now. <laughs> Right. No, yeah, yeah, and you are in no way saying that you would fight him because of his uh, uh, sexual orientation. He's saying because of his art. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> his his, yeah, his vibe as an artist. I didn't, I didn't get. It. I didn't. All right. Yeah. Well, well, fair enough. Fair enough. It wasn't for me. Yeah, fair enough, dude. Well, shout I out really... to the Warhol estate. Well, shout out to those Warhol people. <laughs> this is fictional. This is not real. This is a fictional fight. This is not a. This is this is just. <laughs> this is just hypothetical in a in a cartoon, uh, fake world. In a uh, 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 what is it? The show on MTV they used to have that that uh, team death match or something like that. Death match. Or... Uh, yeah, celebrity death match. That, celebrity death match. Yeah. It would be one of those fake things that nobody actually would ever get hurt. So but yeah, that was yeah. a good answer, but I, I, I appreciate it. Um, this is the end of our time. And I really appreciate you, you know, coming on the show, man. Like I, I really wanted to not only get people on the show that I admire as artists, as friends and um, that, you know, it's not a huge it's not a huge bucket of people that i have i do have a lot of acquaintances but i definitely wanted to get people that were real and that have the integrity that that i just like find mutually you know um exclusive to like the people that i know and the people i kind of hang out with man so um i i love your art you do some amazing work man but i i i really appreciate you as a person beyond even just what you do i appreciate you man you're you're also a great guy, very humble, very uh, 
genuine and I appreciate all the support you've given me. And um, it's an honor. That. Same to you, bro. This episode of Kamart Me Bro is brought to you fresh, 100% produced, recorded, and edited by me, Tony Furby. The next episode will be out bi-weekly, wherever you enjoy listening to your podcasts. Or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music or subscribing directly on anchor.fm. Come on, me bro. Come on, me bro. Come on, me bro.